Welcome to the Full Press Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Senra, and joining me as always is my co-host, Alessandro Senator. How are you doing, Alessandro? Pretty good, Gal. Pretty good. As we continue with our team-by-team series and looks at training camps, uh, we're going to go with the team, the, the Carolina Panthers. Now, uh, I guess for the first time in, in these series, we're going to go without a guest. It's just going to be the two of us. And the reason for that is because, Alessandro, you are a writer for the Panthers, and you live in, in you said, South Carolina? Yeah, I'm in the Carolinas. So you kind of have a bit more of an inside scoop, so we didn't necessarily feel the need to go outside the podcast. And I know for the Packers episode, it'll do the same, where I'll, I'll be the, the guest that you can grill the entire time. But uh, tonight, I get to ask you all the questions. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, so are you ready to get into it? Bring it, Kyle. Okay, so uh, before we get into it, just a reminder that we are part of the Full Press Radio Network. Uh, the podcast is now also available on Apple Podcasts, so be sure to subscribe to us there, rate and review. Really appreciate that. As we've mentioned in previous episodes, we're doing a team-by-team series, and we're looking towards the Full Press coverage fantasy for answers. So, Alessandro, you better have some good answers for us tonight if you want to stay part of the family. Wow, I see how it is. All right, let's bring it. Sorry, I'm thinking very gangster. I was recently listening, just talking about our, our full press coverage fantasy. I was re- recently listening to uh, an episode of the Shea Bipsy Mob Pod. I don't know if you ever heard of that. It's uh, Mike Diabate, the uh, Patriots managing editor. Uh, he and Trent Murphy, who also does some stuff for full press coverage, uh, podcasts that are at least syndicated on full press coverage. Anyway, they uh, they talk about mobster movies, and they've done episodes about The Departed, Reservoir Dogs, and... I was listening today to the episode on The Godfather, so... Because I'm Italian, I'm from New York. Come on now. I mean, I think, if I remember correctly, Mike's an Italian from Boston, so I don't know if that helps or doesn't. No, that don't count. We don't count them. Okay, well, you'll have to talk to Mike when hopefully he's on the show later on. Bring it. I'll, I'll talk to him. Come on, Mike. Like, yeah, as I mentioned, he's our Patriots man janitor. Anyway, so right now, family means something different to me than it normally does. Just uh, hearing family, I'm thinking of the, the mafia, so... You going to do this to me on the day of my daughter's wedding? No, and today is the day we're going to be talking about the Panthers. <laughs> so, and I, not, I guess enough of that talk. Let's get to the Panthers. <laughs> I guess we should uh, pounce on the subject. Stop, stop. Okay, all right. <laughs> is there any noteworthy news that's happened with the Panthers recently? <sighs> Nothing um, that's happened, but uh, just good news that's been coming out of camp. Uh, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel... Are looking at uh, they're looking at like the number one two punch with DJ Moore leading the pack. Very fast receivers. Um, everyone's loving it. it. It's taking some pressure off Christian McCaffrey, but DJ Moore and Chris Samuel have been really good. Uh, Chris Hogan's been coming up the rear, but it's mostly been a more Samuel show. Uh, they've been playing each other different. One's going down deep, one's going slot, and vice versa. And they've just been loving it. They've been very fast offense and. You know, Cam just—he's not used to having this kind of talent on his uh, roster. I know he's had some talented guys come through, but like all at once, it's been really good for him. Well, let's get to talk about Cam. Uh, so the big news earlier in the offseason was he was having uh, shoulder surgery, or he had shoulder surgery. How is his health going right now? He's been relatively good. He's been slowed into it. He had that soldier surgery uh, last year, and he's been recovering. He took a vow of celibacy. I don't know if that's really fancy relevant, but that's what the news is. He's been going on a kick. Uh, just last month, 
or earlier in one of the other little mini camps before this major camp, uh, they said that he's cleared, more or less. Um, they're putting him on a pitch count. I'm pretty sure he's been taken off the pitch count, but we're not entirely sure because they've been mixing up the practices. But he's been on. Uh, he's been doing really good. He has a new throwing mechanic, so instead of a uh, big old sling windmill turnaround, he's got some kind of new mechanic that if the ball doesn't go as far, but it's more accurate. So there, there's um, we're probably going to see a lot more slot plays or you know types of mixed up deep passes. But what what you won't see is him as a runner. They're going to try ease Newton into you know, actually staying on the field for a full season. So they're going to try to limit his running plays. Now, if he just wants to take off and go broke, then that's up to him. But right now they're trying to keep him healthy all season. So they're going to try to limit his run plays. And they give him some practices with first teams with uh, their backup quarterback. And uh, the third-round pick, Will Greer, he's also been having some first-team reps just in case uh, Noon goes down, they don't. They're not expecting Noon to go down, but it's always nice to be prepared. So, just to clarify, there is Will Greer considered the main backup, or is there a third QB in the mix that could end up being the Week One backup? No, you're more looking at Taylor Heineke. Um, he's more the second back, and then uh, Greer's fighting for the third spot with Kyle Allen. But okay. right now, it, it looks like Cam Heineke, Allen, Greer. Unless something drastically changes, that's the unofficial official depth chart. Still got to wait for it to come out, but it's looking like that. Um, they should have one out posted. All indications say that uh, it is like that, but some people are speculating that Allen's going to take the number two spot and Greer's going to take the number three spot. But we're going to have to wait and see for an official depth chart to come out. Okay. But for all intents and purposes, it does appear that Cam Newton will be starting week one, if I'm to understand correctly. He is starting week one. Okay. So, and I guess the, what you alluded to was that they're going to limit his design runs, right? But they're not necessarily saying you can't scramble, because I think we know if, if the defense gives you 10 yards of free space, you kind of have to take it to get a first down. Well, yeah, they're going, they're, if, if he has the alley run and no good receivers, then, then it's okay for him to run. But they're going to try to limit all of his super cam plays, so to speak. They want him for a full season. They want him healthy for a full season. When he's healthy, the last time they he was healthy and played a full season, they were 6-2 and two going in looking like legit Super Bowl contenders. Then he got hurt. Yeah, so, he hit the shoulder last season, and then, what, they lost, what, seven in a row? Or six, they lost six yeah, the last seven, something like that? They lost, they lost the last seven straight. Or, yeah, the last seven straight. So it's a matter of keeping Cam healthy and making sure they have good backups, but mostly keeping Cam healthy. And I'm guessing that also means less goal line carries, right? Because I know that one thing he kind of was a touchdown vulture to his running backs, so to speak. That's a 50-50 play. If they're going to have Cam just be able to jump over and get in the goal, then they'll be fine with it. But that's speculation that has to be seen in a game time situation. Okay. Has he participated in any red zone drills yet, or are they not? Is, are they not as open with that information? No, he's been participating in drills. He's been doing really good. They have him on eleven eleven drills. They have him throwing. He's been just all over the place. So it's not like he's on the sideline doing one on ones. But you know, he they are trying to keep him healthy. They're trying to limit him so that way you know he could be 
fully healed coming into the season. So we're talking about health, and I think unless there's any other updates about Newton, we can talk about the health of another player. Uh, this is tight end Greg Olson, who's dealt with foot injuries over the last couple seasons. What's uh, what's up with Olson at training camp? Well, as you know, Olson uh, had that foot problem. This stems back two or three years from when he had that broken foot. Um, he's uh, refractured it, fractured it, refractured it, just continuously going on. He's looking for a more permanent solution, but that could spell to an end to his career. They're considering that he will probably have his career cut short because of all the injuries. But for right now, he, he looks healthy. He's running healthy. He's not he's not looking like a thousand yard receiver, but you know, he's looking like the guy that could be there in a pinch. They have Olsen as the number one tight end on the unofficial depth chart with Ian Thomas right behind him. But uh, I would definitely keep an eye on Olsen because the foot, you know, even last year he didn't get the foot too terribly injured, but he still went down and uh, he uh, more or less killed their chances. I know Cam went down as well, but he kind of killed their chances. Plus he's getting older. You know, he's about 34 years old. Gronk retired, and you know that. And Gronk was about the same problems. You know, he kept getting hurt, and getting hurt. There are very few tight ends in the NFL that are better than Greg Olson. But back to his prime, you know, when 2014, 2016, when he went three consecutive thousand yard seasons, I don't think he's getting back to that. He's more of that in a pinch kind of guy. Kind of, you know, guy used to get first downs, maybe a red zone threat. You know, like the 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 optional check down, maybe a touchdown here and there, something like that. That that's what they're showing him to be. It's just that nagging foot injury. He's had, I think, up to two or three surgeries already on the foot. So they're looking for a more permanent solution that could spell into his career. So it's a matter of wait and see. If you want to grab Bolson, you go right ahead. But uh, that foot scares me. Okay, I was kind of thinking likewise. I was even actually kind of surprised when I heard the news that he was coming back this year. I thought uh, after a couple of really injury-riddled seasons that seemed like he just was never able to get over that foot injury. You can say he'd come back, be fully healthy, but just, like you mentioned, refracture it again. Uh, So I'm definitely scared off of Olsen, and uh, I don't know, I have to kind of see it first. I guess the one thing with with Olsen was they used to, with Cam, even in, I think before Cam too, but with Cam, it always seemed like there was a couple of receivers on the team that would get a thousand or uh, sorry, a hundred targets, right? At least, uh, you know, it was usually Olsen, someone else, Olsen, Steve Smith. I think one year was Olsen and Funches. And then uh, a couple of years ago was, uh, I think it was Funches and McCaffrey and McCaffrey's definitely kind of morphed into that number one target. He set a record last year for receptions by a running back in a season. Um, now, do you think the very coveted, you know, a thousand and thousand, the thousand rushing, thousand receiving. You think that's possible for Christian McCaffrey to reach that? I think it's only ever been done once by Marshall Falk. Twice. And I actually, I, oh, Are, watch Craig. Ah, uh, that's that. That's a tough one. I want to say yes. Um, last season he was on the field, ninety-one point three percent of offensive snaps. So that gives him the ballpark to be a chance. Plus, with Cam Newton not being able to throw in as far, he. He has a chance to get that thousand yards receiving. It's just, it's it's kind of hard in the Nor- uh, Turner system. That's the North Turner system. That's their uh, quarterback, uh, their offensive coordinator. His system is more wide receivers 
And I know McCaffrey is a good uh, dual threat wide receiver running back kind of guy, but I, he has the opportunity to do it. He has the potential to do it. I just don't think that he's going to get it. I think it's a tough one because 1,000 yards he did on the ground, no problem. As far as the um, just throwing it up and catching the ball, I don't think he's going to get there. Uh, there's too many young, fast wide receivers on this team. I just don't see much else coming from him. Uh, you're probably looking at best 1,500, 1,700. You know, that's really cool. So we're going to have to wait and see. I mean, last season he did uh, a little over 1,900, so he was almost there. You know, but 1,000, 1,000, we're going to have to wait and see. Well, uh I know the maybe the one concern I have with McCaffrey. I mean, he's going, you know, top three, top four picks in pretty much every draft, right? And sometimes even first overall. I guess the the only concern I have is that he had some of his most productive games last year when we, they were in the middle of that six game losing streak, right? Where Cam really couldn't throw the ball downfield very much because of his shoulder. They're just having to dump down on McCaffrey every time, and yes, he got the production, but they lost all those games. So I guess I take pause. Are they gonna? look to the weapons of the outside a bit more in order to win. And that's kind of my fear. And if there are, if Cam is healthy and they're winning, it should boast McCaffrey's chances to at least get into position to score touchdowns, but it may hurt his overall volume. I mean, it's definitely going to be an interesting play. They're going to have McCaffrey more as the future back. It's just not going to be like a New York Giants, Saquon Barkley situation where Barkley will probably have like 50 touches per game. But McCaffrey will definitely, he will get his touches. He will get his yardage. It's a matter of will Cam Newton do the check down or will he throw it to DJ Moore or Curtis Samuel down there in the uh, slot roll slash down the field roll, like a deep threat. Because you mentioned or you referenced, sorry, uh, a bit of the, you know, how many offensive snaps he played. And there were games last year where McCaffrey played 100% of the snaps, which, you know, even the biggest workhorse hork- Backs will still take some plays off here and there, but McCaffrey, a couple games, 100%, that shows that he's always on the field, right? But it's not always getting the ball, right? If he's running routes, he's got just as much chance, maybe a bit better, but not much better a chance than anyone else on the field to get the ball as well. He he was blocking. He was cutting under routes to make room for plays to happen. So McCaffrey is a workhorse. There is no doubt beyond that. He is a 1,000-yard runner. There is no doubt beyond that. The double thousand, the double one K, that's yet to be seen. He can do it. He has the skill. He has the talent. He has the opportunity around him to do it. It's a matter of him actually having to do it, and it's very tough, considering only two running backs in history have done it. And we look at what those offenses where we talk about you know, Roger Craig in the the Bill Walsh, Joe Montana offense, the Forty ers and then. Marshall Falk. Uh, how many points did they score minimum per game kind of season? I mean, that was tremendous what he did. Oh, yeah. Those offenses were, were quite incredible. So I, are the Panthers going to be one of those offenses? That's kind of – I don't know. I mean, North Turner's been around a long time, and he's seen a lot, and he's had productive years. And he has really he has a really good system, and the Panthers can benefit from it because they had North Turner – you know, he's back with Cam. He's 
knowing this system. They know his system. It's nothing new. You know, just the names have changed and some of the uh, scars have moved. That's all. Because <laughs> last year was his first season in Carolina, right? I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I thought, I thought so too. So yeah, you're like you, that's a good thing. You, you know, you know, having to relearn an offense coming into the season probably is going to help Cam's development as much as anything, which is the the surgery hopefully is correcting things. So you've referenced, you know, McCaffrey and, and even with my fears, I don't doubt that McCaffrey is the number one option on that team. And I, I would still consider him a top four pick. I, I know if, if I see him there at four or five, I'd most likely grab him. Oh yeah. Uh, he goes four or five, I'd be shocked. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's, it's, it's a no brainer pick at that point. Uh, I mean, I can make the argument with Barkley, Kamara, if Zeke ever gets back to training camp, I'd maybe make the argument with him. But as of right oh, now, yeah. so how is that pick on Zeke? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's not looking so good now. I, no, no suspension fears, but the, the holdout. Uh, I don't know. Um, I mean, he's losing money every day. I mean, he's promised for months, Kyle. I told you not to do it, but you broke my heart on the yeah. day of my daughter's wedding, Kyle. <laughs> Back to the mobster again. Okay. Uh, back, back to the Panthers. Come on. Hit me with the Okay. Pants. So, McCaffrey's the number one option there. I mean, we know he's the running back. Uh, as you've mentioned, it seems like DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel are the top two receivers. Uh, how are first team reps being split? Like, are they getting almost all of them? And if so, who, you know, in three wide receiver sets, is that a thing that they run a lot of in Carolina? Or is it more of a two tight end set? You mentioned Ian Thomas already. Like, after. We presume Greg Olson's healthy and more in Samuel. Is there a, a another Panthers player that we should be paying attention to in fantasy? Chris Hogan is probably the only other relevant. Um, and most definitely Ian Thomas because uh, he's a solid backup to Greg Olson. Just as a precaution, as Olson goes down, Ian steps up. But Hogan, he was you know as you know he was with the Pan- the Patriots for all that time. You know, Tom Brady's favorite target missed the third down. You know, he's been pretty good in camp. Um, like I said, to DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel show. But um, other other guys have been getting some first-team reps, you know, and it's more of a uh, precautionary because, you know, they've, they've been plagued with injuries here and there. So they don't want to be surprised. You know, um, Torrey Smith will get some first-team reps. DeAndre White, um... You know, Rashad Ross, they showed some flashes, so they'll get first-team reps. But it's mostly been a DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel show. But Hogan, he is the number two behind DJ. I guess the one fear I had with Hogan, if he is kind of more of a deep threat, was that you, you mentioned earlier that, you know, they're, they're throwing underneath more or less to the, uh, you know, deep. I don't know if that's just the nature of Cam's shoulder. They're just easing him into it, or if that really is how the offense is going to be run this year. But if that is the case of the latter where, they're not throwing deep as much, nearly as much as Cam used to. I would fear for a guy like Chris Hogan and maybe Torrey Smith, who are pigeonholed into being deep threats. The thing for Torrey Smith is he's had his shot and he's gone down. So now it's a Hogan show. And Hogan, he... Well, hold on, let me get to Cam. Cam, he, it's more of the mechanic and the throwing of it. They're easing it into him. So it's not more, hey... He needs to throw it downfield. It's more of a, can you throw it downfield and be accurate? Because he can throw it. Yeah, but okay, we know that. The mechanic and the way he throws it so he doesn't refracture and break the the repair on his shoulder, they're trying to see if the this new way can get down the field. 
DJ Moore has been running down the field and catching the ball. There's no doubt. But Curtis Samuel and Chris Hogan, they've been getting some love because of the favorite checkdowns, of the short routes, the the whole nine like that. Okay. I, I kind of look at Ian Thomas as, as a nice option for that if they are going to check down more. But if uh, he's not afraid to eventually sling it, I wonder if Hogan's the kind of guy that you don't necessarily draft, but you keep an eye on and pick him up mid-season to get good production from him at the end of the year when Cam gets really comfortable throwing it deep. Um, so, are there any other topics about the Panthers that you would like to cover, Alessandro? Um, I would say that um, be careful of their defense. Um, they did transition to a 3-4 base front, and so they, they mm-hmm. do have good talent, uh, good talent there. Joe McCoy, Quan Short, DeAndre Poe up front with Luke Keekley, Shaq Thompson, and Mario Addison in the back at linebacker. And then their, their draft pick, Brian Burns, he's been great. But it's a different setup than they're used to. They're trying to get more of an aggressive front. Eric Reed, James Bradbury, and Dante Jackson are solid, but it's still uncertainty in the backfield because their safety and cornerback position has always been lacking, especially of last year. So it could affect them more so this year. So I, I, I would be careful. Eric uh, Reed's been getting burned a lot. Mostly because the kids are fast and he's starting to get old and outdated. But um, uh, Reed's been getting burned, but he'll have some good plays. It's just Bradbury and Deontay Jackson are the only two solid CBs on their team. So that secondary is something to be scared about. So I would caution anyone who wants to draft Carolina's defense. It's, uh, it's- they could, you, your fear is that they'll allow a lot of big plays and nullify any sack points they get or the occasional turnover. Yeah, I mean, you got Joe McCoy, Quan Short, and Dontre Poe up front. That's that that's a scary three right there, not to mention they're getting back up by, the, I don't know, what is he, second overall linebacker in the league, third overall, Luke Keekley? I'm mean, talking about middle linebacker guys. Yeah, it's tough to, it would be tough to put them any lower than that. Yeah, I mean, like the, these are massive guys that are just excellent at what they do. And then you got Brian Burns from Florida, who is a phenomenal edge rusher. And they could get the sacks, they could get, and they could stop the plays, but it's it's the secondary. That's what is going to kill them. So um, you're looking at massive plays, 20, 30 yards, possibly. I would I would, I would caution anyone who wants to draft uh, Carolina's defense. Because I would think a, a you know defensive front like that. I know I know fantasy defenses. And they are. They do tend to play. It's you kind of almost look for those consistent sack producers, right? Because you never know where the pick six going to come from. It could come from an amazing defense or a, a horrible defense, and just get lucky, right? So if you, if you look for the ones that'll constantly produce pressure, you at least get solid sack numbers every week, and hopefully get lucky with the pick six. But now you're saying it's the secondary is so weak where it might be even risky, considering this front seven, and it still could be a risk. I mean, right now, their secondary is consisting of James Bradbury, Eric Reed, and Trey Boston. All three, well, and Deontay Jackson. All four are solid guys. They're solid. They, they, they can make the plays. They'll get burned, but they can make the plays. After that, it's a crapshoot. You know, you got Kevon, Seymour, Ross Cottrell, Rashawn Golden, Ross uh, Cockrell, uh, Josh Don- uh, Thornton, Damian Parms. I mean, these guys, 
their second and third stringers at best that are being thrown into the fire. I mean, it, it, it's scary. Now, I'm not saying that they can't just ball out. I mean, look at last year. Bills defense, quietly, they were just, like, counting up the sacks and interceptions. They were top five in fantasy. And everyone just kept them kept them on a deal. No one's really paid attention to them. But, I again, I would caution uh, Panthers defense. Offense, go ahead. Have fun. It's fun. But defense, not so much. All right. Well, uh, thank you for that. I guess the the only positive I could take from the secondary is, you know, as you mentioned, they changed from a three four or sorry, yeah, from a four three to now be a three four defense. That affects the front seven more than it does the secondary. So those guys back there don't necessarily have to adjust to the new scheme as much. There is probably some change, but uh, you know, you'll probably, if anything, it may help them. You may see more linebackers in coverage. Although the Panthers have already always kind of seemed to be a team that have had capable linebackers in coverage. Um, so anyway, uh, any last remarks about the Panthers? Keep pounding. All right. Uh, so uh, trust Christian McCaffrey. Apparently you have to trust him more than I do. Alessandro, thank you for say thank you for joining me, but you're not really a guest. So, <laughs> but thanks for being here as always. It's great to do the show with you. And this was the Carolina Panthers episode of the full press coverage team by team series. So, this was the Full Press Fantasy Podcast. We're part of the Full Press Radio Network. And we're also now on Apple Podcasts. Uh, on behalf of Alessandro Senator, who's at AM Senator on Twitter, I'm Kyle Senator at Nyama underscore KS. Asking you guys to please follow Full Press Coverage on Twitter at FP Coverage. Follow uh, FPC underscore NFL, or really FPC underscore any of the teams, including FPC Panthers, who uh, Alessandro does write for. So be sure to check out uh, all of his content as well as all of our content on Full Press Coverage. Uh, On behalf of everyone and the Full Press Coverage family, thank you for listening to the Full Press Fantasy Podcast.